boys welcome back welcome back to season two of the tailgate podcast i i am your host michael quattromani and i am over the moon excited to have you here because i mean it's season two it's season two of the tailgate podcast how could you not be excited um for what is about to take place i have been away for god how 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 many months was it probably three or four months since the last time i posted a podcast but we're back and we're ready to go yeah 4 17 21 so april 17th it is july 21st 2021 um and i have so much to talk about i really just needed a break from doing the nfl if i'm being honest um but we're back we're back with a ton of stuff going on. I have a few announcements, but I'm going to go over that next podcast, not this one, because I'm a little crunched for time, and I really just need to get this one out um, and go over what I want to go over so I have enough time to go into detail about what I want to go into. That makes any sense. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So here is the outline for the day. Um, We have one big topic that we're going to talk about, and then I have too many ones that I really just want to give my take on, and we're going to do those after. So the big topic, here are my AFC divisions breakdown and record prediction. So I'm going to go over every single division in the AFC, the East, West, North, and South, obviously, and I'm going to give my record predictions for each team and my overall just thoughts on each team. Um, I kind of wrote down a bunch of um, you know transactions and moves each team made this offseason. I'm going to go over you know everything to basically my main take about the team going into 2021 um, and how I think they're going to go that year. So we're just going to kick it right. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the other two topics. I got, sorry, guys. You got to bear with me. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. So, you know, going to have to come back to it. <laughs> um, Cam Akers injury. So this happened as I'm recording this yesterday, Tuesday, uh, July 20th. I'm going to talk about it. It's a very sad, um, you know, injury that obviously every injury is sad, but this one, especially because of, you know, how high profile and how, you know, how much uh, popularity and, you know, hype he had going into 2021. So I'm going to talk about that, the fantasy football implications that come with it. And then we're going to round it out with the Packers offer to Aaron Rodgers and why I think it is awful. So all of that and more right now. So coming in to the 2021 season, we're going to talk about the AFC East and we're going to start off with who I think is going to win the division the Buffalo Bills. So to no one's surprise, I have the Bills winning the division once again this year, but with a little more competition than last year. The Bills, they they had a little more quieter offseason, but that doesn't mean this team isn't ready to threaten the defending AFC champions for a spot in the Super Bowl. I do expect Josh Allen to continue from his breakout year and lead the way along with a bend but don't break defense. This defense really didn't add a whole lot over the offseason. They finished 14th last year in opponent points per game. So I expect them to hover, you know, somewhere close to that in 2021. Um, But I in no means think that this team is going to be, you know, top 10 in any way. If anything, I think they'll be at the lower end from 15 to 20. I think they will regress a little bit, but still going to be a solid defense um and that's really it look the the bills they're going to be the same team as last year they're going to be headlined by josh allen and stefan diggs being one of the best duos in the nfl good coaching um hopefully they can get some sort of run game it really seemed that towards the end of last season their run game was awful i mean it was like it was really bad and honestly that's part of the reason why they didn't go any further in the playoffs um or really i should say get past the chiefs in the afc championship 
uh, because they're of, of their lack of run game. Um, it's just, it was way too predictable. And you may say to yourself, oh, well, the Chiefs don't have much of a run game, and look, they went to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, of course, but the Chiefs, they're not predictable. The Bills are. You know that they're going to pass the ball, and you know that they're going to pass the ball to Stephon Diggs, uh, or I guess Cole Bleasy every time, right? The Chiefs, I mean, talk about unpredictability. You have Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, McColl Hardman, Sammy Watkins last year, of course. Um, and in the ability that each of those players have to be versatile and to be able to stretch the field was unreal. So there was no way to really defend them, especially you know when, when you accompany that with the fact that they also had Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the backfield, who remember he was a first-round pick and he didn't have that bad of a rookie season, so you had to account for him also. So you know that there were a lot of. Um, variables that you had to defend on the Chiefs, and I just think there are more variables you had to defend on the Chiefs than you would on the Bills. So that's why I have the Bills going 12 and five as my op- official prediction with them. I think they're going to uh, have a strong start to the season, just because they're one of the teams that really didn't have that, um, you know, transforming of an off season. They they kind of stayed the same. I don't think they made a whole lot of moves. I think the only one was not re-signing John Brown. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. I, I really don't think they made that many moves, uh, you know, not including the draft. So, Bills coming in at 12-5. Number two, second team I have in the AFC East, the New England Patriots. Yep, they finished third last year. I have them bumping themselves up one spot. Uh, they, they were definitely one of the more controversial teams this offseason. They made some moves, Some actually, they made some big moves in free agency by shelling out almost $160 million in guaranteed money. And then they drafted their hopeful franchise quarterback in Mac Jones. So I, I'm confident in Jones for the future. Um, I, I haven't really expressed my full take on Mac Jones, but if I were to kind of sum it up in 10 seconds, I'd say, you know what? He played really well in college. He had a stacked offense, and that was one of the biggest knocks on him. But hopefully, if the Patriots are are able to surround him with high-profile talent and, you know, a, a lot of weapons and a good offensive line and good coaching, then I think Mac Jones can replicate what he did at Alabama. Maybe not to the same extent, but he can still be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, hopefully at his peak, if not higher. So I think that is what is in store for Mac Jones in the future if everything goes right. But for right now, I think it's still Cam Newton's job and he's going to be the starter come week one unless you know something crazy happens in camp or Cam Newton just doesn't play good and Mac Jones just absolutely balls out and he gets the job week one. But as of right now, I think Bill's going to want to roll with the guy who knows the offense a little bit better than Mac. Um, and Cam Newton, and then look, it seems like Cam, that Bill loves Cam Newton, I mean, he refused to put Jarrett Stidham in last year, um, unless it was absolutely necessary, uh, Cam threw like four picks or whatever, so I think that um, the Patriots are going to stick with Cam, but Mac Jones could come in later in the year, we'll have to see how the season goes, but look, the, the Patriots miraculously won seven games last year, with probably a bottom five roster, and honestly, it was just be- behind Bill Belichick's masterful coaching. And this year, with a revamped offense, I'm expecting at least 10 wins. Um, so my official prediction is going to be 11-6. and six. I think they're one win behind the Bills um, just because of their co- their coaching and their defense. I think it was just not miles ahead, but it- it's considerably better than the Bills. And then obviously, I think the Bills' offense is miles ahead better than the Patriots, um, given this current state of both of them. So we'll have to see what happens, but that's what I have. And coming at third, 
you could probably guess it at this point. I've got the Miami Dolphins. They're right behind the Patriots, and it's not that big of a gap. It's very close, but I think Miami also had themselves an interesting offseason by really trying to make that offense explosive. I mean, they did this by signing speedster Will Fuller and then spending their sixth overall pick in Jalen Waddell. I mean, both of those guys are known for their big playability, um, and paired together along with Devontae Parker and Gasicki and Gaskin in the offseason, I mean, Tua's going to have a lot of weapons to throw the ball to. And I, I think it is Tua time, all right? Tua's going to have the full job. Fitzpatrick has shipped off to Washington, so it's Tua or nothing, all right? And I expect him to have a breakout season in his sophomore year. I'm not talking about like a Josh Allen type third season, but I think Tua can have a uh, 25 touchdown, 10, 12 pick type season for, you know, 35, 3,700 yards. And I think if they do that, I think they can sneak into the playoffs. But look, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Mike Kosicki, Miles Gaskin, I mean, the list goes on and on. They have the weapons. They have an onslaught of weapons. And Tua has everything he really needs at his disposal. I think the shortcoming of this team will come on the defensive end as their numbers were drastically inflated by leading the league in takeaways, which we all know is a very hard stat and skill to replicate. But due to this and the loss of a few starters on the defensive end, I have them coming up just shy of the Patriots, but by no means is this team incapable of stacking a wild card spot in the playoffs. So my official prediction for the Dolphins is 10-7. and this team can definitely go 11 and 6. Definitely can honestly go 9 and 8 too. So we'll have to see how the defense fares and if Tua can, you know, live up to his sixth overall pick potential. And if so, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. So with that being said, last place, New York Jets. We all knew this was coming. I mean, this is definitely the most unsurprising prediction I think I've ever made uh, that the Jets are going to rank in the last spot in the division. But, you know, I. I don't love the Zach Wilson pick. I think he's good. I think, you know, I think he was the third best, fourth best quarterback in the draft, somewhere around there. I didn't really have him at second. I had fields ahead of him. And then you could probably convince me for Trey Lance too. Um, so honestly, we all know this. This team is far from a contender, but I do like their approach um, when it comes to how they play this offseason. I mean, they signed middle of the pack young free agents to understandable contracts and they could hopefully grow into cornerstone pieces by the time this team is ready to compete again look at Corey davis Corey davis was by no means a top five or even seven wide receiver in the free agency class this year but they got him for a pretty reasonable price and they're hopefully hoping that by the end of his contract or hopefully he likes his time in new york and he'll want to sign another contract by that time this team will be ready to compete uh, and I think they did that with a lot of players this offseason. So they seem to have a strong draft. And hopefully this is what turns the time for New York. Because, look, they have not made the playoffs since 2010. And unless something crazy happens, <laughs> it doesn't look like they're going to make it this year either. So hopefully this offseason is the first you know, stroke of luck or stroke of whatever uh, that will put this team in the right direction. So my official prediction for the Jets is 5-12. and 12. If anything, I think it's a little generous. This is probably a three or four win football team. I just gave them five. I don't know why. But uh, that's where it stands for the AFC East. Again, one more time. Bills in first at 12-5. and five, Patriots in second at 11-6. Dolphins in third at 10-7. and seven, And the Jets rounding out the list at 5-12. and 12. Uh, Moving on, though, we have the AFC West. Um, 
more, I'd say one of the more controversial divisions. Uh, not only, um, you know, do you have the defending AFC champions in it, but <clears throat> you have the Chargers in it, who a lot of people think are going to be a, you know, definite playoff team. You have the Broncos in it, who I think are a, a tiny bit overhyped. And then you have, obviously, the Raiders, who always have a decorated offseason and didn't really shy away from that trend uh, this offseason either. So, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, right? This may come as a surprise, but I'm actually having a hard time thinking of where to rank the Chiefs. Now, I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about the division, per se, because I don't really see any legitimate threats to them. But for their record, I could honestly see them as low as 11 wins or as high as 15 because look at this, right? Teams who come off of a Super Bowl loss can be very sporadic. And when you accompany that with a very busy offseason like the Chiefs had, that could be a recipe for disaster. Not only could this team be, you know, kind of in a shock or whatever from not being able to win the Super Bowl and coming that close. And also, when you think about how many players they lost this offseason and how many players they gained this offseason... They're going. There's going to be a lot of change in the first few weeks of the season, and that could, you know, lead to some shocker losses or just, you know, games where they just don't play all that well and just weird losses. So, just think back to some of the last few teams to lose the Super Bowl. Right, the next year they were underwhelming and underperformed. The Rams lost to the Patriots, having gone past the wild card since their loss. Philly um, hasn't either, even after they beat the Patriots. They haven't um, returned back to the playoffs, I don't think. Or if they did, it was a wild card at best. The Seahawks have been good, not great. They haven't gone past the divisional. Atlanta, we all know about Atlanta. After losing 28-3, or, you know, after blowing, excuse me, the 28-3 lead, Atlanta has been awful. They just went 4-12 and last year and landed themselves the, I want to say it was the fourth pick of the draft. I mean, the list goes on and on. Teams who come off of Super Bowl losses just don't play all that well. Look at San Francisco. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Chiefs, and then won 6-10. and 10. Um, Teams just don't play well after losing in the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to fall off. Obviously, they have the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, but they're due to slightly regress. So that's why my official prediction for them is 12-5. and five. I had them tied with the Bills for the conference. I think you're going to notice it's a common trend for me to predict 12 wins at the absolute max it's just teams will probably go over 12 wins but that's a really hard prediction to make uh maybe not this year because of the 17 game schedule instead of 16 but still i think that 12 wins is a very fair estimate for the chiefs and the bills coming in at second though i have the la chargers another take that may come as a surprise to you but i i I just really don't think the Chargers are as good as everyone else thinks. Sure, they made some nice signings in free agency for the offensive line, and Brandon Staley looks like he could be a good coach for the future, but this team never fully addressed the loss of Hunter Henry, and also, their secondary is bad. Like, like it's really bad, so I'm not too confident in Derwin, Derwin James coming off of yet another injury, and then you have Chris Harris, who is now another year older, Like, yeah, Nasir Adderley, or however you pronounce his name, could turn into something, but there's still a hole at the cornerback position that Asante Samuel Jr. is probably not going to be able to fill in his first year, given how he is the second cornerback on the depth chart. That's not good. So you really can't have that. And because of that, you know, I like Justin Herbert, of course, obviously, deserved rookie of the year. I like Mike Williams. I think he's good. He's 
bound to have a bounce back season from last year. Obviously, you have Keenan Allen, Eckler's coming back from injury, and the offensive line looks good. This offense has top five potential, but I don't see how the offense is that much different, or excuse me, I don't see how the Chargers are that much different from the Titans. You know, both teams, good offensive lines, good, really good quarterbacks, great receiving core, good, you know, obviously, just good, top seven offenses as a whole. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Defenses, though, lackluster. Bottom, you know, bottom half of the league. I don't see how they're that much different. That's why I also have the Titans coming at 9-8. and eight. little spoiler alert, going to get to that in a second. But, like, I, I just think both teams are 9-8. and eight. We've seen time and time again, teams with good offenses and bad defenses usually hover around 500. That's why we've seen the Cowboys for the last few years get stuck in 8-8. Eight and eight. Because, yeah, they have Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott. Their offense has been great, but their defense has come up short time and time again. And that's why they always finish around 500. The same thing goes for teams that have really good defenses and no offense. Look at Washington, right? Really good defense. Still finished 6-10. Uh, Giants last year finished 6-10. Really good defense, not a very good offense. Uh, they all, all these teams hover around 500, right? And this is why it brings me up to the next team I'm going to talk about, the Denver Broncos. A team that I think is being overhyped by some. Denver had a pretty... I wouldn't say a busy offseason. They made some good moves, mainly on the defensive end. You're looking at a, at a potential best defense in the NFL right now, okay? J- just, just so you guys are aware. This team probably has the best secondary in the NFL, and I don't think it's really all that close. I think there's a pretty sizable gap between um, the Denver and the next best team. But the thing with Denver, they're... They have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, who are arguably their second and third best players on that defense coming off of injury. How are they going to, and, and I'm talking about like season ending injury. How are they going to respond to that? We don't know. Corlin Sun coming off of the season ending injury. How is he going to come back from that? I don't know. You know, like there, there are questions on the offensive and defensive end. Okay. My two most important things on a team, coaching and quarterback. That is it. Okay. Obviously defense is huge. That's probably third for me. And then fourth is offensive line. Uh, honestly, any four of those can be put in any order and you, would, you wouldn't have too much of an argument for me. But from those four things, right? Defense, top tier. Great. Offensive line, eh. Average to, I would say below average. I would say, yes, I would say definitely a bad offensive line, okay? Quarterback. Drew Locke is worse than Daniel Jones. Nobody's ready to talk about that. Drew Locke's worse than Daniel Jones, okay? Drew Locke sucks. Coaching, Vic Fangio is supposed to be this defensive god. He sucks, okay? They were at bottom 10 in both offense and defense last year. I just, when when your quarterback sucks and your coach sucks, I can't, I can't, I can't give you more than seven wins. So that's why I have the Denver Broncos as a six-win football team. I think they're going to go six and eleven, maybe seven and nine, seven and ten, excuse me, if they have, you know, like a few games where they can win like ten to three or like seventeen to ten. Like that's what it's going to take for the Denver Broncos to be a successful team next year. And with Drew Locke at the helm and Vic Fangio calling the plays, I just don't see that happening. So that's why I have Denver coming in at, you know, I'll settle at 7-10. and 10. That's where I'll settle for them. But I don't see much higher than that, really. I think that's their absolute peak. That is their ceiling. No, ceiling's 8-9. and nine. That's if Drew Locke has like a Josh Allen type of year. 
eight and nine, nine and eight as our ceiling. But honestly, I think realistic, six and 11, seven and 10, floor being like five wins. That's what I have for the Denver Broncos. Moving on though, in last place is the LA Raiders. This team sucks. I like, like, I don't really even want to talk about this team all that much. That's why I'm not going to. Uh, outside of Derek Carr and Darren Waller, their offense is dead. Like, yeah, they have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, but you have two good players at the least important job on the team. So I don't see how much good that does you, especially the fact that you you lost four to five of your starters on the offensive line. So not only do you have two, you know, good players at a position that really doesn't need to be all that great, but you don't have an offensive line that can support them. Um, so no, I, I don't love Vegas this year. Their defense is bad. They really didn't do a whole lot to fix it all that much. Like, like nothing that's really going to, you know, transform this defense. Um, I mean, like that's really it. I, I, I don't really want to talk about this team anymore. I mean, they're just, they're going to finish at five and 11, five and 12, excuse me. I mean, this is gonna be, this is a five and 12 football team. I don't think they're any better than the Jets. Honestly, uh, I mean they're they're bad, so I'd say you know I'll settle five and eleven, five and twelve. Excuse me. No, you know what? We'll be generous. We said we said um, that Denver was going to go seven and ten. I'll be generous. I'll say six and eleven for the Raiders. I I think they're gonna be bad. I think they'll be really bad. So that's why I have for the Raiders. That rounds out the AFC West. So first I have the Chiefs at twelve and five. I have the Chargers at nine and eight. I have the Broncos at six, seven and ten, excuse me, and I have the Raiders at six and eleven. Uh that's my four. And then moving on, we got two more to go. Two more divisions to go. Hope you guys are having uh, a nice time listening to the podcast or whatever you're doing. Uh AFC North. Okay, so here we go for the AFC North. In first I don't even think it's that much of a debate. I have the Cleveland Browns. This team could definitely finish with a top 10 defense and offense. I think it's more likely on the defensive end than the offensive end. I mean, you're probably looking at a top five defense. Um, Adding John Johnson, JOK, and um, Troy Hill on the defensive end. I mean, they they just, they fixed everything they needed. They're getting Greedy Williams back from injury. Um, It just, it just seems like everything's going to fall into place for this defense uh, I mean, they have another year together, um, and I've, as we've seen, teams who have a full year to get used to each other, they usually perform well. Um, and I don't think it's going to be anything any different for the Browns this year. The offense, obviously, there are a few question marks. Of course, Baker Mayfield, to me, will always re, you know resound as a question mark until he fully proves that he's like a top 10 quarterback, because right now I'd say he's like 15 or 16. Um... But, I mean, that that's it. I mean, look, the Browns... I'm, see, that's why I'm at a loss of words right now because I don't really don't know what else, what else to say about the Browns. They have great coaching. They have a great defense. Um, the running back core is obviously really good. The offensive line is probably top seven in the league. You have OBJ coming back from injury. Don't know how that's going to affect the offense. Uh, and outside of OBJ, you know, I like Jarvis Landry. Don't love him as a number two. I think he's more of a slot three or four. Um, but you know, it, we'll see. As long as ba- as long as Kevin, um, what's his name, Kevin Stefanski, excuse me. As long as he can take the pressure off of Baker and make him more of a field general, more of like a pocket passer, move the chains down the field type guy, and just push the offense, move the offense. 
um, then I think Cleveland can definitely be a 12 and five football team. And that's where my prediction is going to be for Cleveland. I think 12 and five is very fair. Um, I will say out of the three teams, I think are going to finish 12 and five. The chiefs are the most likely to outdo that prediction. The chiefs definitely could go 13 and four, even 14 and three. If everything goes right for them. Um, I would say the Browns are probably the third team. Uh, I think would, I think the Bills would be most likely to outperform it. Second most likely, excuse me, to outperform twelve and five. And the Browns, I think twelve and five is a pretty fair estimate for them. Um, second though, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. There, there's a sizable gap between the Browns and the Ravens. Maybe not for head to head. Like I think they'll split in the division. I think the Browns will take one, the Ravens will take the other. Kind of like in the AFC East, I think the Bills will take one and the Patriots will take the other. And they, I think the Dolphins have a chance to split too. That's just more of a division thing, though. Uh, the Ravens, Lamar is still there, of course, but ish. they lost pieces on that defense. Okay, they lost Matt Judon, um, and I just don't necessarily know um, if that offense is going to be able to return to what it was like in 2019, because obviously they did regress in 2020. It just seemed like like Lamar and just the offense altogether was just more predictable. Okay, so if Greg Roman is able to make it more you know, explosive and just be able to spread the field out more. I think Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins will definitely be able to help with that. I think Bateman is capable of having a breakout year in his rookie year. Uh, I think he's capable of being the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion, uh, because he, he's being thrown into a situation where, you know, he has Lamar throwing on the ball and he's probably going to be the number one or number two receiver. So that's what we have um, for the Ravens. Um, I like Harbaugh as the coach. He's a great coach. Lamar's a great quarterback, and they have probably a lower end top ten defense. So that's all a that that that's that's a that's a recipe for a eleven and six football team, and that's what I think they're. I think they're eleven and six. They're gonna make the playoffs, of course. Um, but coming in third, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers. I talked about before about teams who have you know a really good defense with no offense. I don't know about no offense, but the Steelers are pretty damn close to that. I think the Steelers, with Big Ben being like 39 or 40 years old and coming off the regression he had in 2020, I think the Steelers are one of those teams that they have uh, a very average offensive line, basically no run. Ah, I can Najee Harris, but he's still a question mark. He's a rookie. You never know how he's going to perform. So assuming he has like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire like rookie year, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll upgrade it. Let, let's see. He has like a, a hmm, like an Antonio Gibson like rookie year. Um, I, those receivers to me are still question marks. Deontay Johnson. Uh, I, I like Claypool. Obviously, Juju wasn't fantastic last year, but you know if you don't have a quarterback throwing them the ball, then you don't really have an offense. So I can't really hitch my wagon to the Steelers if they if Big Ben is going to perform like he did at the tail end of last season. I mean, if he's burnt out by week 10, that's bad. And and that to me just means that the Steelers can't finish seasons. Or fin- yeah, finish yeah, finish seasons. So I have the Steelers at 9 and 8. I have them just squeaking over 800. I'm oh, sorry, 500 just because of their defense and Mike Tomlin has never gone b- below 500 before and I don't think he will this year. So that's why I have them at nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and ten is very, very possible for this team. But given their track record, I have them at nine and eight. Um, coming in last, but certainly not least, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm just gonna give my prediction at first. I have this team at seven and ten. 
Um, I don't have them. I have them competing to be out of last place, if that makes any sense. Joe Burrow, I have a feeling, will be able to come out the gate hot, even off the ACL tear. Um, they helped out the offensive line. The, the offensive line definitely was boosted. Not in the draft. Not like you would have hoped. They did take Jamar Chase, but this offense is going to be explosive. I mean, you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Mixon in the backfield. It's definitely a good defense, uh, offense, excuse me, that has top 10 potential if that offensive line is able to click in, into place. Uh, the defense, lackluster at best. Um, obviously, defense isn't as good as you'd like. But and I think that that's honestly why I have them at ten losses, just because of um, you know how bad the defense is. But you have Jonah Williams coming off of injury on the offensive line. Riley Reef is somebody they signed. Um, I like the tackles. So to me, I think that if you have good tackles, it, j- it just makes me think that you have good potential on the offensive line. Um, they did sign Trey Hendrickson. Um, I think that just kind of. Uh, fixes the loss for Shaq Lawson, or um, Greg Lawson, can't think of his name right now, but I think you know I'm talking about. Jesse Bates, obviously, really good for your safety, got Ricardo Allen. Um, Jadobi Obuzi, I really like him a lot. The linebackers, not great, uh, but they did sign DJ Reader, uh, Sam Hubbard too, so I, you know what, I like... I don't like the defense. I think it's still bottom 15, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish between 15 and 20 in opponents' points per game. So to me, that's why Cincinnati's 7 and 10. They're a lackluster defense with a not very good head coach in a in a deep, in an offense that can finish top 10. So that's what Cincinnati is to me. Um, so just going over one more time, I've got the AFC North going 12 and 5 to the Browns, 11 and 6 to the Ravens, 9 and 8 to the Steelers, and 7 and 10 to the Bengals. So honestly, a pretty crowded division of the Bengals were able to get clicking into gear. So that's what I got. And rounding out the last division, we've got the AFC South. So a pretty crowded division, also mainly top heavy, but um, we've got the AFC North. So highlighted by the Titans and the Colts. Uh, at the top, and then Jaguars at zero in the middle, and then you have the Texans way at the bottom. I'm just going to get the Texans out of the way. I have them at 1-15, 1-16. 2-15, 1-16, I'd say. Especially, that's if Deshaun Watson doesn't play. If Watson plays and he's on the Texans, 4-13, eh, I'd say, is a pretty generous gift for them. Um, but without, without Watson, I think they're a 1-16, 2-15 football team. Uh, Davis Mills at quarterback. Don't love it. I don't love anything about that team. Moving on. Uh, first place. We're going to go all over the place with this team, okay? First place, I got the Colts. I don't have the Titans. I think the Colts are the more complete team. I actually like Carson Wentz because if if Frank Reich can just use him like he used him in Philly and just be a game manager guy who can move the ball downfield and be protected by his offensive line and just hit the open receiver, again, it's a big asking price. But if he can do that, I think this team has the ability to go 12 and 5. If not, I think they're a 10 and 7 football team. Um, if you're just able to be an average to below average quarterback, they're, they're 10 and 7. That's how good this defense and offensive line and conservative coaching is, honestly. Um, given that, though, with a team who had a very quiet offseason uh, as the Indianapolis Colts, I've got the Tennessee Titans at second. They're going to go 9 and 8 because of how good their offense is and how average to below average their defense is lackluster their defenses more below average than average um Brian Tannehill AJ Brown Derrick Henry Julio Jones 
definitely the best top four in the NFL, and it's not even close, okay? But you need to have you need to have a defense, and to me, they don't, okay? They have a lot of question marks, uh, especially given how they lost to Dory Jackson. You know, they signed Bud Dupree, but how big of an impact is, is an overplayed linebacker going to make for this team? Um, you know, they signed Nico Autry. I don't mind it, but I don't love the Titans, okay? They're, they're, their cornerbacks are bad, okay? Janoris Jenkins is eh. Caleb Farley as a rookie, being the right cornerback, I don't love that. So, Titans 9-8, and eight, and then third, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. With Trevor Lawrence in his rookie year, I think he's going to play okay. I think he's going to play, he'll, he'll probably win rookie of the year just because of all the hype, and it'd be a tragedy if he doesn't win rookie of the year. But, they're still denying, this defense is still really bad, okay, I'm not going to beat around the bush here, the defense is still really bad, the offense though has upside, I don't hate the pick of ETN, <clears throat> it just tells me that they're not exactly like com comfortable in James Robinson, and to me, I don't hate that, okay, the only reason I hate the draft pick of ETN is because they took him in the first round, okay, that's the only thing I hate about it, I don't hate that they took him with James Robinson also there, okay, Robinson is a little bit overhyped, Okay, and, and having two good running backs is never a bad thing. Um, so, you know, I like Lawrence, like ETN, Chark, Marvin Jones, and Chanel is a very underrated wide receiver core that has a lot of upside, especially with LaVisca Chanel in his sophomore season. The offensive line, not good. Uh, the tackles aren't bad, but, you know, could be better. Uh, the defense, again, not good, but it has upside. It has upside. I like Shaquille Griffin being signed. CJ Henderson, cornerbacks usually take a year to develop. I like Henderson in his sophomore season. They signed Malcolm Brown. I like that. Joe uh, Schobert, obviously still there. Miles Jack still there. Clavon Chazon, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, I like him uh, being signed, uh, sorry, drafted in the first round. They have the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if I were to sum it up in one sentence, they have things about them to like. Okay, there are things about the Jaguars that you should like. So, that's why I would say they're six and eleven. I think it's a, it's a good six and eleven though. I think they're gonna tough out some games and be able to put some games in the win column. I don't love Urban Meyer as the head coach, but look, he had a lot of success at the college level. Hopefully, that can translate to the um to the pro level. So that's what I got. So that's what I have. All right, um, just to round it out one more time. Sorry. Uh, in first place, I have the Colts at ten and seven. I got second place Titans at nine and eight. I have the, uh, excuse me, the Jaguars six and eleven in third place, and I got the Texans without Deshaun Watson at last. I'll say at two and fifteen, generous two and fifteen. Uh, but moving on, that's it. Okay, that that's my breakdown. All right, that's my standings breakdown. I hope you did enjoy. But I got two more things I want to quickly go over. Okay, so Cam Makers got injured, heartbreaking loss for the Rams. For the Rams, I don't think it'll be that big of a difference just because it's a running back and they already have, they were already going to run a committee, a running back by committee anyway. I like Daryl Henderson. He put up very similar stats to Cam Makers when he was healthy anyway. So I think Henderson, Xavier Jones, you know, all those guys, all five of the running backs are going to be able to step in. Um, and be able to make up for it. From a fantasy perspective, do not take Daryl Henderson in the fourth or fifth round. I, There are other pu proven running backs that I like. Uh, honestly, I like Travis Etienne in the sixth round more than I like, or seventh round more than I like uh, Daryl Henderson in the fourth or fifth round. So um, I would take a lot of other running backs besides him. I mean, f for the same price, I think you're looking at, you know, 
like like a Josh Jacobs. And would you rather have Daryl Henderson or Josh Jacobs? I'm taking Jacobs 10 times out of 10. So for fantasy implications, I would definitely shy away from any running back in that backfield. Do not look at the smoke screens that are going to come out of camp. Like, oh, Xavier Jones looks insane or Daryl Henderson. Avoid all of them. I promise you, you don't want to get caught into that trap. Um, I would stay away from all of them. Matt Stafford's stock goes way up because it means that the Rams can't go to a run-heavy offense. They have to lean on it. So definitely would um, go for Matt Stafford in your drafts. Cooper Cup in your drafts. Robert Woods. I like all of them. Um, and then moving on to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, though, quickly. I hate it. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has no reason to complain. He, got, he just got offered the biggest contract in NFL history and he turned it down i mean what else do you really want i mean the packers are trying to fix it with money and and honestly in the nfl there are worse ways you can try to fix things money fixes a lot of things in the nfl and if aaron Rodgers isn't even trying to you know let bygones be bygones and just take the money then i don't really know what he's complaining about okay they took a receiver in the first round okay they took amari rogers Last year, did they? No. Did it really turn out to be that bad, though? No. They had Devontae Adams, who's the best receiver in the NFL. Um, what's his face? I can see his face. Uh, Robert, I uh, can't think of his last name, but the tight end year. You, you know what I'm talking about. He was really good, too. Um, they went to the conference championship, which means that the roster was good enough to go to the conference championship. At that point, it becomes, is the quarterback good enough to go to the Super Bowl? And Aaron Rodgers proved he wasn't good enough to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying he's not a top five quarterback. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying from a grit standpoint, from a winner's standpoint, Aaron Rodgers is not a winner. Aaron Rodgers has th- is one in four or one in three or something like that in conference championship games. He's not a winner. Okay. So that's his problem. Okay. It, it, like the Packers have all the leverage here. In my opinion, I think the Packers have the money. They have the first-round pick in Jordan Love. They have the roster. I mean, they they have everything they need. From you know the NFL, from just a player standpoint, I guess Aaron Rodgers has leverage as being the second-best quarterback in the league. And I think teams would come calling to get him. But I mean, the Packers have his contract. They'd probably call three or four first-round picks for him, and they'd have the ability to have a you know, very strong roster given three or four first round picks on top of, I'm assuming, one or two proven talent to come to the team in a trade, the Packers would be okay. And, and they're not in a division that's really all that challenging. So um, either way, I think the Packers would be winners if they were to hold on to them. Great. You still have Aaron Rodgers. If not, you still have a ton of assets and draft picks and young talent. You already have a pretty solid team. You have Jordan Love, who's a first round pick. You have everything you need. So uh, but boys, that's what I ha- that's what I got for this podcast. I hope you did enjoy my return, my season two return. Um, make sure to check out all the clips on TikTok that are going to be posted. I have a few big announcements coming next week, so make sure to mark your calendars. Again, every Wednesday is going to be when a podcast is posted. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one.